This is episode 527 with former college football player and author Jared Johnston. What in your estimation does it mean to be a master of your craft? Yeah, it's somebody who is, I mean, very, very intentional. You know what I mean? Very dedicated. Somebody who has like a definite purpose. And that's with anything. But, you know, to first talk about from an athletic standpoint, um, at the age of 12, a coach had told me, you know, if you want to play quarterback for my team, you're going to have to work on your footwork and throw every single day. And I had a goal, I had a definite purpose, and I decided to be intentional about it. So every day, and from the age of 12 up until, what, 23, every single day I did something to get better, whether it was going, and a lot of times it was by myself, um, going to field to work on my game, watching film on college quarterbacks and NFL quarterbacks, and doing that every single day, waking up in the morning when we're doing mm. two days in high school to go run hills at like four in the morning and then go to practice for two days. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type of focus, that's the type of effort that you have to you know, put forward towards anything to really master it. Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. I'm sure you guys that have experienced moments in your life where it's more or less like you've met a brother uh, from another mother, you know, so you know how you hear this term uh, so many times, you know, about who is my brother from another mother, you know, and things like that. And, you know, either you guys look alike or maybe you just share similar backgrounds, similar stories that you're like, are you sure? Are you sure we don't know each other? That's exactly what I felt with Jared on this episode literally from the moment his team reached out that is exactly what i felt and why do i say this guys now for those of you who don't know my story uh, which of course you should because you're listening to the podcast head over to atlibanshow.com forward slash about to learn my story so basically my goal was to play professional football you know so soccer for those of you in the u.s that are listening that was my dream that was my goal had an agreement with my parents that hey Go to school, then you can do whatever it is you want to do, you know, and I didn't see any problem with that. Unfortunately, I got injured, tore my ACL at the wrongest time possible when I brought for surgery. And of course, I couldn't literally fulfill that dream. Guess what? Here is a guy on the other side of the world in another continent who nurses this same dream as well of wanting to go to the NFL to become a professional football player. Unfortunately, He also got injured and, of course, the process became blurry and he wasn't able to do that. You know, so literally, it it, it doesn't get better than that in having stories that are so aligned. And the way we connected on this episode, you know, was just a true testament. The minute we logged on, I told him, I was like, man, this is going to be really good because I feel like you are a brother from another mother because we share similar stories that are just too good to be true. I thoroughly enjoy this episode we talked about his college experience and more particularly we talked about his book from cleats to loafer so literally he wrote a book where look if you're an athlete and you're not sure you don't know um you know when 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 to put it down basically you know you don't know when to call it quits you don't know how to transition that is what that book is about and just like i told him i'm in the process of listening to the audiobook so definitely I have to find a way to bring it back on because at the time we recorded, I couldn't go deep, you know, into the book. But we talked about that college experience. We talked about, you know, what parents can do to better help their children succeed in sports. And we talked about why in his estimation or what he feels, you know, he wasn't able to make it to the NFL. Why is that? You know, so that you guys can learn. How did he transition, you know, to life after sports to doing what he currently does now? Now, while he was in college as well, how was he able to combine college football and academics at the same time? Man, this was a good one. This was a good one. Like you, you most of the guys we brought on to, you know, Jake Thompson, you know, Gannon Baker, John Print, you know, these are guys that are agents, global player development coaches, you know, but we haven't had, you know, an athlete athlete, you know, who could give us tips and nuggets, you know, from the practical experience, you know, of doing this. That's why I said, hey, he's my brother from another mother literally i enjoyed this episode of course you know kept in touch here and there and i'm sure you guys are going to see that chemistry you are going to thoroughly thoroughly enjoy this one this episode guys is brought to you by goal setting mastery it's what i created you know as a foundation 
for every athlete you need to learn how to be setting goals you say you want to be a better athlete that is not a goal you say you want to be the best player on your team that is not a goal and you realize that you've wasted all of this time chasing the wrong thing only for you to get to the end and realize that you didn't start out the right way head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash mastery athletemaestro.com forward slash mastery to get your hands on goal setting mastery today when you get your hands on that Come and hang out with me and my brother, Jared Johnston. Welcome everyone back to the Athlete Maestro podcast. And anytime I have a guest on the podcast, I always ensure that that guest is going to provide value. You know, and if you've ever thought about it in the sense that maybe you have a brother from another mother, like people say, you know, all the time. You know, then Jared is definitely one of those guys. We kind of took similar paths as it relates to sports and career, which is why I'm super excited to have Jared Johnston on the podcast today to talk all things student athlete, um, you know, sports, transitioning into life after sports. It's really going to be an interesting conversation. Thank you for joining me, Jared. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Definitely looking forward to it. You know, to spread the message to anybody out there, you know, who's ready to receive it. Let's get straight into it. Your book is out currently. So Jared is a public speaker, you know, and of course, uh, he was a student athlete as well uh, before he transitioned into what he's doing now. Your book is out from cleats to loafers. Talk to me about the motivation behind writing that because the message, trust me, it's, it's a fabulous message you're trying to put out there. Yeah. Um, so getting into starting to write the book, it wasn't anything that I had necessarily planned you know, while I was in college or when I was younger, you know, I didn't, I didn't think, I never thought of writing a book. Um, well, actually I thought of writing a book, but my mindset was it only makes sense for me to write a book once I reach my dream of making it to the NFL, because I feel that's what people want to hear. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like a fairy tale ending. You write it at the end of your career. But once I stopped playing, I noticed that it hurt me a tremendous amount, but also I noticed that there were other peers, there was um, friends, former teammates that I had that played on every level and they stopped playing. They, they started to tell me about their struggles, um, you know, depression, anxiety, dealing with the struggles of having a child, you know, mm-hmm. while they're in college, thinking that sports is going to provide them the income to take care of them. And it kind of hits them hard. It um, feels like they're at a dead end. So I, I knew I wasn't the only one going through it. So that's one of the reasons I decided to write it, but also, it was good for me, which I found out throughout the writing process. It was pretty therapeutic to actually write out my feelings, write out my experiences, mm. because, you know, I'm somebody who I'm kind of reserved where, you know, I didn't really talk too much to a lot of people. So I definitely wasn't going to express, you know, how I felt. Um, I felt it would come off kind of embarrassing, mm. you know, to tell somebody that, especially if you've been in a, the light where, you know, I play quarterback. So you're the leader of a team. You're number one everyone's looking at you and, you know, you have to make sure things are going good around you. But then when things fall down, it's a different situation. So that's why I wrote it and just looking to, you know, change anyone's life and, uh, you know, share some encouragement. So like I said, it's more or less like we are, we're brothers from other mothers in the sense yeah. of the similar paths that we took. So obviously mm-hmm. I as well, you know, while I was studying law, I was actively participating in sports and the agreement that I actually had with my parents was, Hey, go to school. And then after you can play sports, unfortunately, you know, on this side of the world, you know, we haven't gotten that dynamics yet in terms of the student athlete balance, you know, and being able to do it really well. You know, the system over there, you know, kind of accommodates for this, but we don't really have that, but we're getting to that point. You know, so I got injured. I tore my ACL in my knee. Uh, just when I was graduating, you know, so it was at the wrongest, it was at the wrongest time right. possible. I'm like, why did I get injured in first year or second yeah. year or things like that? You know, so I kind of relate to what you're saying in the sense that, you know, when it was all said and done, what mm-hmm. was now going to happen? Mm-hmm. But talk to me about the hurt that you said you felt. How did you overcome mm-hmm. that? Because I can only imagine you sitting in front of the TV, watching mm-hmm. all these guys out there performing and thinking, yeah. man, that should have been me. Yeah, yeah, that's it was tough. Um, starting off, you know, I, I really didn't even watch, you know, football games, um, mm. to be honest. It's, and it wasn't from a point where I was angry or like a point of jealousy. It was just I just had lost interest in it, you know. Um, mm. And then also you see your peers that were talented in their own right. 
Um, maybe some guys you played with in college and they got their shot in the NFL. And you literally, you sit there, you see how they go about their business every single day. And not to say that they weren't working hard, but I knew that I was putting in nine times out of 10 more work than what they were. And I was sacrificing a lot more on and off the field, socially, you know, being in college, mm. being a quarterback. You can go one way or you can go another way with that much power on, on a college campus. And I was just somebody who was a forward thinker. And every day I was trying to take the step towards the NFL. So I thought, hey, I have the talent. I'm going to let it play out. God is, you know, watching what I'm doing. So I'm going to be rewarded. And, you know, when it didn't happen, it hurt a tremendous amount. And, you know, you, you become depressed. You feel that you have no value to offer to the world. Your identity starts to take an impact. It feels like you're kind of like stripped of your clothing because you don't have that mask to cover up mm -hmm. any issues you're going through. You can't suppress any more issues. Everything is now, you know, wide open. It's like you have a glass house now. So those things started to come up. And it wasn't until I really, until I talked to my family about it and they found out. That's why I think a lot of athletes, they should try and get into some type of, even if it's not therapy, mm -hmm. like with a professional therapist, talk to somebody who you know has your back. You know, it's going to give you honest answers at the end of the day. And then also finding a mentor was somebody that was something that really helped me um, being able to get a different perspective from somebody who never even played football and he doesn't watch football, but he was just able to teach me about life. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it was a whole different conversation that I've had with any other male in my life, honestly, because he was probably about 10 years older than me. He has a family, wife and kids. So he's thinking on a whole nother level. So he was able to just open my mind up to books, um, to just the way of going about your daily day, waking up in the morning, uh, things like that, taking care of yourself first mentally. That's what really helped me get over the top. Yeah, I can relate to that, man. Because for me, mm -hmm. when, when, when I got injured and I tore my ACL, so I had to travel abroad to get surgery, mm -hmm. you know, and I was mm -hmm. out of the game for two years, you know, so two years of grueling rehabilitation. Uh -huh. And, you know, it was, it was really yeah. tough. So at the point when I finished my rehab, you know, I, I tried to give it another go, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, let me just, let me just like really yeah. see, can, can we really yeah. make this work? You know, and when it goes to the point where right. it wasn't going to work for, you know, various reasons, you know, mm -hmm. I also find myself in that state. And, you know, just like you, that's why, look, that's why I said it's like we're brothers from another mother because I also had this positive mindset. <laughs> I was also the one that was giving right. everything, you know, so not cutting corners, doing everything that I could every single mm -hmm. day, you know, sacrificing as much as I could. I missed a year of right. law school because I wanted to play soccer. Mm. You know, so when my mates were going to law right. school, I didn't go to law right. school because I wanted to chase that yeah. thing, you know, so right, right. I, I kind of get that. But what would you say mm. if you look at it now from a third person mm. perspective, you remove yourself from the situation, why would mm. you say you didn't make it? Well, that's a good question. I never been asked that question. <laughs> um, the reason that I didn't, I honestly can't pinpoint it and give a, I can't give it an exact answer. Um, yeah, sorry, it's taking me a little second. Think about it. I'm really, I yeah, want to get right answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. The reason, I believe the reason I didn't make it is there was more that was planned for my life, more than I could even imagine, honestly. Because without football, you know, now I'm, I'm noticing a different side of me, mm. like the aspect of writing. You know, that was something that was in me from a child when I had won a contest when I was like seven years old for the whole school um, for a story I wrote. So that right there, it showed that, okay, this is a gift. It wasn't anything I went to school for. I didn't study for it. And now I'm realizing that gift years later once football mm. is gone. So it's like football is being detached from me, but now there's so many other things that are coming into my life just the aspect of being able to open up more and talk to people. You know, when I play football, um, and then going a little bit more of my background, I suffered a lot of bullying in middle school. Mm. So that caused me to be closed off and I really trust people. But now getting into other avenues outside of football, I'm forced to open up. I'm forced to communicate. So I think like God just had bigger plans for me. And it's, it's hard to think when you're going through the journey you see the NFL, that's the biggest thing in America. And just like you, soccer is the biggest sport over there. And you really can't see anything outside of that that's going to bring you the same amount of joy and happiness, you know, on a daily basis. So when I think about it now, like that's the reason I didn't make it because it was 
more for me. If I did go to the NFL, I, nine times out of ten, I wouldn't have wrote the book. Like, it would have never happened. What, what, what would you say to the athlete who is listening to our conversation now? Mm. You know, and they're thinking, they have this one-minded attitude in the sense that, um, you know, I want to play professional sports and this mm. is the only thing that I want to do. So they don't um, take the initiative, you know, to look at other options, to mm. look at other things they're passionate about, to look at other things that they could be doing, you know, and right. it kind of stems from this mindset that you have to be all in. You know, mm. so you're going to hear things like, you know, 120%. Uh, you're going to hear things like, you know, give it everything you have and stuff like that. And, you know, there was mm. a message that The Rock, um, so that's um, Dwayne Johnson, put out. Mm. Uh, and I think he, he puts it out consistently in the sense that, you know, I only have a plan A. Why would I have a plan B? Mm. You know, something in that, yeah, in, that, yeah, in, yeah. In, in that realm. What would you say to the athletes who have that mentality, who mm. do not want to have a plan B, because they think that having a plan B is a mistake mm. because it takes away from plan A? Mm, yeah. So with the plan B, um, that's something that can be looked at so many different ways. Like mm. in the sports world, like reflecting now on what people used to say, a plan B distracts from a plan A. Mm -hmm. You know, coaches say that all the time. Um, parents may say that too. Um, you just got to ask yourself if you're in high school and college, like look at the shelf life of whatever sports you play. Because Google the average age of retirement. Even if you go on and have a 10-year career, you win championships, Super Bowls, say you're 33 years old. You know what I'm saying? If people are living till 90 years old, you have 60-plus years left of your life. And then, so you have to think about that. You have to have some type of plan B. Um, and then it doesn't even necessarily have to be a plan B where you look at it as you're in college or high school and you want to reach the NFL and then you have this plan B because you're believing you're going to fail. It could be just something that you're passionate about, another um, career field that you're interested in, and then go at it hand in hand. So even if you do make it to the NFL, you still have the experience you've built along these years. And now you can use your platform, being in the NFL, being in the NBA, MLB, to go even harder into that other field of business or that other venture you want to do. And then also with plan Bs, it just comes down to, to your prioritization. Because mm -hmm. you could put 110% towards football, but you still have a whole lot of hours left in the day when you're not on the football field. And you got to put that towards something else other than just video games all the time. I understand this kid, you're going to play video games. Like, I'm not going to tell you not play video games like I did too, but there's still, you can still spend like an hour mm -hmm. every other day just immersing yourself with some other type of topic or starting young, you have so many more opportunities to try something and fail at it, try something again. So that's what I would say is just Immerse yourself in so many other things, um, go through trial and error, and it, uh, you'll find out, you know, other things that you like. Mm, I love that. I love that answer. Uh, before I ask you my next question where, mm. you know, we, we go into really this student athlete thing, because one of the things that I've tried to mm. do now is I try to give a 360 degree approach, you know, to these young athletes in terms of, mm. you know, my experience. You know, so one part right. of my experience is the student athlete part. The other part of my experience is going through the pursuits of that professional mm. goal. You know, so before I ask right. you that question, as it relates to the student athlete angle, one of the things mm. that I always do is I always try to, you know, if I'm having a guest on, you know, I always try to read their book, you know, so I okay, can okay. then, you know, ask like, yeah. you know, particular questions. Mm. But unfortunately, between the time we got connected and now, you know, I mm. haven't been able to read it. It's something that I'm sure I'm still going to read and probably, you know, we can have you back okay. on the podcast later on in future. But can you share with mm. me one takeaway from the book, assuming, you know, that you were going to summarize so to speak, mm -hmm. and say, hey, take this one takeaway from the book. It doesn't have to be the best one, but one mm -hmm. takeaway from the book. Um, my takeaway from the book is really coming to the point where you realize what was the meaning of all of this, this 15, 20-year, 20 25-year journey, whatever it is for that particular athlete. What was the meaning of it at the end, mm -hmm. whether you make it to the professional leagues or you don't? And I think a lot of athletes struggle with once they don't make it, they feel they wasted their time. They feel like you know, this whole time they could have been doing something else. But for me, my takeaway is in the middle of writing it, literally maybe towards like the end of the book, when I finished writing, I started to realize and put into perspective that, yeah, I felt football didn't give me what I really wanted, my ultimate mm -hmm. goal. But what it did do is I found out the purpose it really played in my life from a young kid and being able to form a relationship with my father since he lived in, New York for the majority of my life 
then he just moved to Georgia um, maybe about six years ago. Mm. So football was the magnetic force through all these years that brought us together because he the games. That would be nine times out of ten. That's the reasons we spoke on the phone multiple times throughout the week. So now it left me with the responsibility of forming an even stronger relationship. And if I never played football throughout those years, I'm not sure, you know, how much time we really would have spent together. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that was something I had like an epiphany. I never thought of it like that before. You know what I'm saying? Like when you take yourself outside of your body and you yeah. act really, like you said, from a third person perspective, without looking at it and being angry, like, man, I did this, that, and the third, it didn't happen, man, I'm, I'm pissed. And you just think, then that's when I realized like, okay, so football did that for me in my life. So I got to be grateful for it. Mm, I love this. And the reason why I'm, you know, more interested in conversations like this, particularly this, mm-hmm. particularly this one, you know, is from the standpoint, you know, that there's a lot more to sports. And one of the things that mm-hmm. I always say is that, you see, there are two things that sports will give you. You know, it's yeah. either it gives you that career path in terms of what you then go on to do, you know, for however long mm-hmm. it is that you do it, or it mm-hmm. gives you the opportunity to develop certain things that other things mm-hmm. would not give you. You know, so if you're talking yeah. about character, you're talking about mindset, you're talking about discipline, mm-hmm. You know, sports is something that is really going to give you that stuff. How else do you explain it that you're going to train, what, five, six months for one yeah, particular game, yeah, you know, for yeah. one particular tryout, you know, that, 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 that kind of stuff, you know. So that's why I love conversations like this. Now, right, obviously, right. because you find yourself in this position, it means that you did something mm-hmm. right. You know, mm-hmm. coming from that student athlete background. So just like I said, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you next, if you didn't do something right, you won't be here right now. What yeah. in your estimation, you know, does it mean to be a student athlete? Because I, I get the point that, you know, a lot of athletes always mistake this. And it's like they reverse mm-hmm. the case and they put athlete before the student, kind of. Yeah. What would mm-hmm. you say in your estimation it means, you know, to be a student mm-hmm. athlete, to excel as a student athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a student athlete, I think, of course, it's when you have the experience of being a student athlete, especially at um, a college level, um, it's really somebody who's able to multitask. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's able to be intentional and being able to focus and, and block out distractions. But for me, um, I believe there's different tiers to a student athlete because, like, in reality, and I'm going to use football because that's what I played, but mm-hmm. being a starting quarterback and compare yourself to somebody who's a third-string quarterback, I feel it's different when you're talking about student athletes because as a starting quarterback, you have more responsibility on your plate. So you also have to deal with more pressure. If you lose a game, you then have to go on Monday into school and you have to be able to put all that in the past and focus on taking care of your academics. And some guys, I mean, it's happened to me maybe twice in college where I like just skip classes because after a tough loss at home, homecoming game, you're embarrassed. First of all, to go on campus, you don't know what somebody's going to say. So you really have to muster up the strength being a student athlete to deal with the pressure that comes with it. And then a third-string quarterback, if you lose, I mean, yeah, they care because they're on the team, but it's pretty easy. It's, it's easier for them to go about their academics, you know, after a tough loss or after a bad performance. So I think it just comes down to focus and being able to have tunnel vision and not get caught up in people's opinions so you can still focus on your academics. Um, but I think dealing with pressure is one of the major things that um, leads to being a successful student-athlete. How would, how would you advise this athlete to now deal with that pressure? Because they've heard what you said and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'm focused. You know, but you're talking about pressure now. I haven't experienced mm-hmm. the pressure. I'm trying right. to prepare for it. What would you say? All right. Yeah, so what I take away, and this is something that I take from football that my coaches um, when I got in college told me about. Mm-hmm. And we had a 24-hour rule. So it means after a win, a loss, whatever happens, you, you don't run away from those feelings. Like, you because know, we're, we're humans, we're going to have feelings. We're going to be up, we're going to be down. So you take those feelings and you just really immerse them and sit in those feelings for 24 hours. But after that, you don't think about it at all. And what it does, it gives you the opportunity to really, you know, think a lot and really reflect on what you did, what you didn't do. So then that next day coming up, when you're going into school on Monday, or if you, even if you have a, a Thursday night game, and you got to go to class on Friday, mm. maybe you have to shorten that 24 hours up. But I think dealing with the pressure it, it it comes down to dealing with your feelings, you know, and your emotions and don't ignore them. And I know as men, a lot of times we push those things to the side, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 
I would say deal with the emotion. If you want to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. And that's whether you do good or bad. Because if you do good and you want to hide, you know, you want cloud nine and you're going into school and you feel like you macho, man, and now you feel you don't have to, you know, respect your teachers or respect other students, you know, that can carry over from week to week. So accept all the feelings and then know that after that 24-hour rule, it's a brand new day and you brand new week and you just got to change your mindset to focus on the next task. Mm. The, I, I heard you mention, you know, the, one of your experiences, you know, either homecoming game or mm. suffering a tough loss, you know, and yeah. not wanting to go back to campus, you know, and mm. I wanted to ask you, you know, what it was like in terms mm. of the entire experience, because um, mm. one of the key things, key things, especially on the African continent is that, you know, mm. for the athletes, I'll use basketball, yeah. for example, as well, you know, for mm. the athletes who have that vision to play in the NBA, right. you know, the U.S., the collegiate system is always their mm-hmm. primary route. So they're going to seek scholarships mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, unfortunately, yeah. I didn't school in the U.S., although I had the opportunity. You know, that's why I love mm-hmm. conversations like this. I had the opportunity to school abroad. So whether that was in the U.S. Okay. or the U.K., but because mm-hmm. I didn't know better at the time, I didn't take the opportunity. You know, that's okay. one of the things that I, you know, discuss on the podcast in terms yeah. of, you know, being more aware, you know, learning mm-hmm. as much as you can about your sport and what it takes. Right. You know, but that's a story for another day. So <laughs> for the athletes who are listening to this on the African continent who have been dreaming, fantasizing mm-hmm. about, you know, that scholarship, going to mm-hmm. college in the U.S., combining sports and academics mm-hmm. together. Can you give yeah. us like um, sneak peek, so to say, behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, when they do all these series, you know, they kind of give yeah, you like yeah. a sneak peek behind the scenes when they were mm-hmm. acting and things like that. What's it like being a student athlete in a U.S. college? You know, kind of give us that background knowledge. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great experience. Um, mm. And it may be like one of the most important experiences of your entire life because one, you know, everyone wants to feel good and feel like, you know, you're the man and things like that. <laughs> so you're on a college campus and you're in a sport. And well, first of all, sports is what really drives that campus. So you have that attention. You have attention from the teachers, they sometimes are more lenient towards you. Mm. You may be able to get away with certain things. Not saying that's good, but I'm just saying that's the reality of it. Of course, you have attention from, you know, the females and things like that mm. being, you know, a star <laughs> player and, and stuff. And that also comes down to part of being a student athlete. You have to be able to manage your social relationships. And, mm. you know, being on a college campus, you're away from your parents, especially if you're coming from abroad. Like, you really, you know, you can't drive an hour and go home, you know, like I could. Mm. So you really have to be disciplined, and you have to be able to have a good balance, you know, and not be so focused on just the sport and reaching the NFL, NBA, the MLS, which I think if I can go back on my experience, I would have been a little more relaxed, but I was just so focused Mm. that I did miss out on some social experiences. So I would say, you know, soak it all up. It's a great experience. If you had an opportunity to play in college, I mean, you definitely should not pass it up because you get to travel. You get to, you know, get treated just like a king, basically. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great feeling, um, especially if you go to a major, major school where that's like on Saturdays, everybody's watching you play. I mean, it's like you in the NFL almost, honestly. And it, it, it's a great experience. So I definitely wouldn't tell anybody to pass it up if they got the opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. You see, the, the reason why the reason why that question is key is because, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of people, when you haven't experienced something, you can only think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only imagine what it's like, you know, and I feel like yeah. there are so many African students who, you know, they, they kind of created this picture in their mind mm-hmm. of what it would yeah. be like to school abroad, you know, and get that mm-hmm. scholarship, you know, and they don't focus on the things that are important, you know, so you fantasize, you know, about how it's going to be glamorous and things like that. And yeah. when they get there, and they see that, oh, wow, this is not what mm-hmm. I envisage, you know, yeah, like, just yeah, like yeah. we talked earlier, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, I, di- mm-hmm. I didn't think the spotlight was going to be on me like this, yeah. you know, I didn't think of stuff like that. So right. that's why, you know, a question like that is key. But yeah. what do you say and to that, the athletes? Uh, yeah, go on. No, I was going to chime in. Another aspect of, you know, you come to, if you come to America and play college sports, it's, I don't, I'm not sure how it is um, over there. Like as far as the seriousness when it comes mm. to off-season workouts, I mean, during the season, it's you get on a college campus, it's a job. It's strict. I mean, you got workouts 5 o'clock in the morning, and then you're doing running, you're doing cardio, all that stuff, lifting. Then you go to eat, 
and then you have a class at 8 a.m. Like, you might not even be able to shower before you go to your 8 o'clock wow. class. And then you got, you know, classes up until whatever time. And then if it's the off-season, maybe you have a meeting, like, with your position coach where you have seven on seven. And then you may get out of that late. You may have a, a class at, like, 7.30. I had a class at 7.30 at night to, like, 10 o'clock. Then you going back to your dorm room, you know, you with your friends. It's like 1 o'clock by the time you go to sleep. And let's say you got to get up again at 5 a.m. and do workouts. So it's very strict um, during the season. Your time is really constricted because you got so many responsibilities. You got school, um, football, you have meetings. When you're traveling, mm -hmm. you, you know, you may miss some classes and things like that. So you really got to stay on top of your schoolwork. And then throw in if you have a girlfriend or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to really, you got to you gotta know, like, and that's another thing I think is really important because you, if you pick the wrong partner, you know, to be in a relationship with, that can deter you, you know, as you being a student athlete. But if you find a right one, it can really, you know, lift you up. It could help you perform better on the field just by having the support. Or instead of coming back, you know, from practice and they're wondering, where are you at? Who is you with? You know, that's just, that just comes with it. Like, who, oh, who's this girl? Da, da, da. It comes with it. You could not be doing anything. So you really got to be able to pick out your relationships, right? You know, when you get on college campuses. Uh, I love that expo. I love that expo into the mm -hmm. day in the life of a college athlete, you know, and that's why, yeah. you know, I said, you know, they have these fantasies about what it's like, mm -hmm. but you just mentioned now you get about 5 a.m. You're probably mm -hmm. going to bed at 1 a.m. You have to be up yeah. again to go through the process yeah. again. And a lot of people just break, you know? So, you know, I, I, I love that illustration and it's a, it's a perfect example. Yeah. Now, obviously college sports in the US is big. Like we've just mm -hmm. discussed now, it's massive, it's a big mm -hmm. deal. There's so many athletes who have this idea, you know, and I feel that's why, you know, conversations like this, you know, are really, mm -hmm. really, really important. You know, they have this idea that if I don't get to the highest level, that's mm -hmm. the only thing that matters. You know, so mm -hmm. if you're talking about college sports, you know, so I was an NCAA champion, I was an NAIA champion or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, all of that doesn't matter. It's that highest thing. So everybody wants to be the LeBron. Everybody wants to be the right. Tom Brady. What do you say to the athletes who have that single-minded focus in the sense that they cannot determine success mm -hmm. for themselves? Because right. you're going to see the athletes who, if I get to play one game, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Just to wear that shirt, mm -hmm. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to play 10 games. I don't want to play 100 games. I don't want to play mm -hmm. five years. If I can play mm -hmm. one game, you know, my dream has been fulfilled. You have the yeah. others who, you know, the minute they reach that fi financial capacity to take care of their family, mm -hmm. you know, they're good. Yeah. Every other thing is extra. What do you say to the athletes who cannot or have not found a way to create mm -hmm. success for themselves? What does success mean to you as opposed mm -hmm. to using the parameters that other people have defined for success? And the reason I say this is, mm -hmm. There's so many of these professional athletes who hate their lives. They can't go to the grocery store to get stuff because they're mm -hmm. going to be mocked. They just want right. that normal life. So you mm -hmm. are here trying to have their life and not mm -hmm. creating your own. What do you say to athletes like yeah. that? Yeah, I think, I think it all comes to just being self-aware, you mm -hmm. know, knowing what you really want. Um, and that's another thing I talk about in my book that I felt is important. You know, before you even reach the NFL or the NBA or whatever sport, you should know, like, what does success mean to you? Um, is it, you know, just having a stable career where you can have a family and you're mm -hmm. able to take care of your family and provide for your family? Is it having a certain size home? You know, it's nothing wrong with having a big home. Is that your, does that mean success to you? Um, is success being able to take care of your mother in a certain way? Is it being able to um, just wake up and do what you want and have freedom? You know, is it, you know, being a, a owner of a business. So you got to think about what does success mean to you? Mm -hmm. And then also you have to um, be willing to not compare yourself to a lot of people. Cause I think that's something that really plays with a lot of people's mind. You may be very successful to 10 people over here. And then you see somebody who is maybe one step above you that you don't even know from a can of paint. And you looking at them like, man, that's success right there. But you got 10 people looking up to you. So you got to really, be aware you got to look at people around you um and you just have to really focus and hone in on what you want and you know being self-aware it comes from spending a lot of time with yourself mm -hmm. you gotta you know learn to meditate you have to learn you know what thoughts you're letting come into your mind and things like that because if you're not self-aware i mean you're just gonna you know you're gonna drift in life you know definitely that's what i believe 
Mm, great answer. You know, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I try my best um, mm-hmm. to articulate, you know, generally right. and also on a podcast like this in the sense that, look, sit with yourself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and stop always trying to be in motion. Yeah, you always yeah. want to be in motion. You always want to be thinking about mm-hmm. stuff. No, sit down with yourself. What does mm-hmm. success mean to you? Have you really, really mm-hmm. thought about that? You know, you're just thinking, oh, I want this person's life. I want that person's mm-hmm. life. But you've actually not sat right. down to think about it. Now, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we've gone through some of these things and, you know, which are really, really mm-hmm. important stuff. But I want to find out how did you come to that decision, you know, mm-hmm. to put the cleats down, you know, and then go over to the law first. And the reason I say this is for me, you know, how did I come to that decision? You know, I realized that, hey, I'm a lawyer, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just coming off, you know, a very terrible injury, you know, knee injuries. And I'm sure you right. know this as well from being yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. You know, there are some of the worst injuries that you can ever have in any sports. You know, when you tear yeah. your ACL, your MCL, you, mm-hmm. you'd rather break your ankle, you know, than yeah, tear yeah, ligaments sure. in your knee, you know, and sure. things like that. You know, so for me, it was easy to stay connected to the sports because I'd mm-hmm. always thought that, look, I always knew that, look, I'm not going to do this for 20, 25 years. If I'm lucky, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I play 15 years thereabouts. But mm-hmm. I wanted to stay connected to the sport. So I was always going to go into coaching. Uh, yeah. So whether that's the actual sport or a podcast like this mm-hmm. that I'm doing, how did you come to that decision? So if there's an athlete now who is listening to us, they should have come to that decision, mm-hmm. but they just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Let's use ourselves as, ex- as an example in terms of right. how you were able to now decide and say, hey, I'm going to put this case down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into transitioning to other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you knew already, but I had I had told my PCL. Um, oh, are you serious? I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So brother from another mother, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I had told my PCL, um, like right when I started to feel that um, I might be coming to the end, you know, mm. of, of being able to play football. So of course that's kind of like a sign you can look at, um, because before that, I was, and I think every athlete in your gut you start to feel okay, this might not work out. Um, you know, you just deal with reality, you deal with the numbers. You know, I'm in a situation where it's not looking too good and you have the, the decision to make to press forward or you have the decision to make to just stop right there. I decided to press forward. And, you know, once I tore my knee, my PCL on my knee, I did the rehab. And after my rehab, I still couldn't run for a couple months. Wow. So... I still was thinking, okay, I'm going to just keep healing it. I'm going to go back, you know, I'm going to get back into it. But I just started to come to the realization, like, I was 23 at the time, and I was thinking, okay, I could go trial for some teams, say a year goes by, nothing happens. Okay, now I'm 24. Now what am I going to do? I could be spending that whole year immersing myself in other different type of career fields or, mm. you know, trying to grow outside of football. So that's what it came down to me was just, saying, okay, let me just put that same 110% effort that I put into football and put that in other areas of my life. Mm. And then you also have to think, you know, did you give it your all throughout all these years? And I was able to say that, you know, I did give it my all. I didn't cut corners, like you said earlier. I didn't cheat the game or anything like that. I gave it 110%. And then you have to also be okay with that last level that you played at, like safest college. You got to look at the numbers. A lot of kids do not go to school on a scholarship in college, even though it seems like a lot when you look when you look at all the schools in America. But to go on a scholarship, a full scholarship to start, you know, to get go to school for free, that's something that you really got to cherish. And I looked at it from that perspective instead of looking at it from the perspective of not making it to the NFL. You got to look at what you did do, mm. you know, not what you didn't do. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer, you know, and it, it, it makes complete sense. You know, for me, yeah. you know, one of the things that happened for me was that, you know, I started meeting these agents, you know, so when, you know, I was back playing, like I said, I was out for two years, you know, and you know, terrible injury, you know, and things like that. And I started meeting these agents who, now one of the yeah. things that you see in Africa, you know, is all these shady agents, and yeah. I know you have them in the U.S. as well, you know, but it's yeah. very, very, very prevalent here. So they wanted me to mm-hmm. reduce my age, you know, get a fresh passport, you know, so that probably yeah. I could get, because if you look at me now, you wouldn't know that right. I'm, in my, I'm in my 30s. You know, you think okay, that probably yeah, I'm, still, I'm still 16 and things like that. <laughs> you know, so right, right. they wanted me to read it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a lawyer first and foremost. Yeah. You know, I've traveled out of the country so many times. Mm. You know, yeah, I, I'm going to have to scrap my record, you know, and things like that. Yeah. That was when I knew ah, it was probably time for me um, to now make that change, mm-hmm. you know, and to now mm-hmm. transition. But if there's an athlete who is listening to us now, what are some of the signs you would say they should look out mm. for in terms of knowing 
okay, maybe I should start considering this now. Because yes, they want to have that tunnel vision. Yes, they want to have that focus. Yeah. Nobody says you shouldn't have that. But what are some of the signs that you can look out for to say, hey, this thing might not happen. I should start preparing for that next stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the main thing, and which is probably hard for people because you know a lot of athletes have that pride, is the talent level, mm-hmm. honestly. Like if you at a point where you just can't compete with that guy that's ahead of you and you're constantly losing, you're – I mean, you get to a certain point where you can only become so good and you have to know, okay, my talent level is not there. Maybe I should think of something else. Um, also, your love for the game. Some people, that's how they find out. They just don't love, you know, hitting the weights in the off season. They don't love going to practice. Even though practice can get tiring, I don't think any athlete loves practice. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you still, you if that, once that excitement leaves you, I think that's a sign. Um, another thing is injuries, you know. It's a part of the game, and there's guys that go through 10 injuries, you know, before they, they leave. So you have to look at, okay, 10 years from now, are these injuries the way I'm going? Is this going to enhance my life, or is it going to hurt my life? Mm. And if you want to have a family and you want to be there for your kids, you want to be able to move around, you want to be able to just have an active life, you know, injuries is going to play a part in that. So I think looking at those things is something that people should consider. Also, um, if you have – anyone in your life that, you know, is a trusted opinion, you know, that you can go to. And maybe they may see it from that third person perspective and say, look, man, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, you continue to go down this path is, you know, best for you. I see potential for you in so many other areas. And if you believe, you know, you, and you trust their opinion, that's another mm-hmm. sign right there, you know, for me. Uh, good points. And, you know, earlier you mentioned, you know, the relationship between between you and your parents and how, you know, that, that was one of the things that, you know, benefited from your experience mm-hmm. in sports. Now, one of the things I've seen over the course of time that I've been doing this, you know, and yeah. being a sports lawyer and, you know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. is that there's so many parents who do not prepare their children for stuff like this. Now, one of the advantages mm-hmm. that I had, you know, like I said in the beginning, I had an agreement with my parents mm-hmm. that, hey, you have to go to school, go to school then go do whatever it is you want to do. Nobody's going to stand in your way. You know, and Mm -hmm. they kind of drummed it into my mind from an early age, you know, Mm -hmm. that sports is a means to an end. You know, so just like you said, you know, you retire in your 30s, you know, people live up till 90. You know, so that's Mm -hmm. what, 60-something odd years, 50-something odd years after the sports journey. So they kind of Mm -hmm. prepared me for that really well in sense of now, at the time, I didn't want to believe it. I had no choice but to go to school because they were paying my fees. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I didn't want to believe it, but the message kept coming, the message kept coming, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it finds a way into your subconscious. So one of the things I've seen now with a lot of athletes now, you know, that message Mm -hmm. me, that write me and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. is that a lot of damage has been done by the parents or Mm -hmm. a lot of neglect has Mm -hmm. also been done by the parents. How would you say parents, you know, can better prepare their children for stuff mm. like this. Before I ask you how they can nurture their talent, you know, let's put that aside for a minute. Right, right. How do they prepare them for stuff like this? Mm. I think that just being able to take your child outside of that sports realm and out of that perspective of them being, you know, this great athlete that you're, of course, you're going to be proud of because that's your parent. You want to mm. brag about and things like that. But I think that you have to be able to just immerse them in so many different things because like at a young age, these kids are able to digest so much information and then go on the field and then in a split second, they can read a defense, change the play, snap the ball, throw a touchdown pass. Like the mental capacity that you have to have to make that happen, that's like at a high rate. Mm -hmm. So you got to ask yourself, okay, if they're doing this and they're excelling on the field, what other things can they excel in using that same mental capacity? And I think just really – seeing that potential in them and then, you know, being unconventional and pushing them towards other routes. If it's, I mean, just stuff like cooking, you know, your, your child might like to cook, you know what I'm saying? But you would never know if you don't put them in that arena or they might like to um, build video games. All of those things are, are the potential that they have. But as parents, you just get caught up in that sports world. And I think society plays a role in it too, by praising a lot of, you know, the, the number one draft picks. Um, mm. Parents are on the red carpet with them and things like that. So they envision that just like the kid envisions it. And then also I think that not only do does the athlete have to transition, but the parents have to be able to transition as well because mm. 
you've been on this journey with them from, say, from the age of five, and they're 25 now. That's 25 years. I mean, 20 years, and they're detached from the sport. You probably was just as committed, you know, as your child was to the sport. You mm -hmm. driving them to games. You see them in this, in that certain light as being this great athlete, and then that stops. You're going to have to learn how to transition as well and just look at all the other great things they have. So I, I really think the athlete and the parent has to be able to transition, but they both have to prepare along the way to be able to transition successfully. Fantastic. That's one of the things I tell a lot of parents. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, yeah, along for this journey as well. You know, you don't, mm -hmm. you don't say, oh, my child starts playing this sport at five years old. You know, I'm going to let yeah. them go do what they want to do. Then maybe, you know, at 25, just like you mentioned, then I'm going mm -hmm. to resurface and, yeah. you know, start trying to find out stuff. You know, you give us an insight into the college experience, you know, so what the day is like, you know, for the student athletes, you know, stuff like that. How would you say parents can help their children better combine sports and academics? Because one of the things that I've said is that, you see, just because of the vantage point that you have as a parent, you know, there's so many things that even you did not realize that you could do. So many things yeah. that even you yeah. didn't realize that you could do as a parent. You know, you just thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a parent and you know, I'm just going to support and things yeah. like that. How can parents help children or their children, you know, mm -hmm. student athletes, better combine sports and academics? Because if I go by everything that we've said, you know, so far, yeah. in terms of, yes, expose them to all of these things, uh, you, know, mm -hmm. you know, let them have that singular focus, you know, and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, and they're looking and they're saying, okay, yes, I want them to chase the sports. I want them to do mm -hmm. well in school. I want to yeah. prepare them for all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But how do I help them combine both? Right. Um, I think it's instilling discipline in them. You know what mm. I'm saying? And also, I think that a lot of parents, they never played college sports. They never were at a point where they were very serious and reaching the NBA or NFL was their dream. Like for myself, my mom or my dad, they never played in college. My dad ran track in high school. Mm. Like he wasn't this, you know, he didn't take sports serious. So I think what they should do if you're in that situation is you should reach out to other people that's maybe in your position or my position and kind of bring on a mentor or something like a big brother or something like that, because they have the experience. And a lot of times they may listen to that person versus listening to their mom or their dad or their grandmother. Mm -hmm. So I think going outside of your household and bringing somebody in to really show them the ropes is probably one of the best ways, um, especially if you're not able to get through to your child uh, when it comes to that. But I think it, it still all comes down to just, exposing them to a lot of different things like really exposing them and doing your best you know because you got to let them know they can be successful in so many other things um because i was at a school with a, co a former college teammate and we were talking to a group of uh fourth graders to sixth graders and we asked them you know what do you want to be when you grow up of course they all said nba mls <laughs> nfl and it was a class of just uh it was all minorities black and hispanics and you know there was nothing wrong with that we told them you know, that's good. You should dream as long as they're not saying anything negative, that's going to end them in jail and things like that. But we also said now, write down three things you want to be, but don't write down anything that has to do with an athlete. And they wrote down so many different career fields. Like I, I didn't even expect them to say stuff, the things they were saying. Like somebody said they wanted to be a chemist, an artist. They wanted to develop games. They wanted to be a general in the army, things like that. But it's uh, as a kid, you got to think, you come from a place where anything you want to do, if you want to get something to drink, if you want to go outside, you have to seek permission. And your parents give you that permission. And I think as society, a lot of times we don't give our children the permission to think outside of the box. So I think that's something that's major too. Mm, I, I like the last thing that you mentioned, because I don't want anybody that's listening to us talking now, you know, and yeah. saying, you know, look at these guys, they're all being doom and gloom, you know, uh, yeah, life yeah, after yeah, sports, yeah. you know, stuff like right, that. Right. Sports is great and it provides... Mm -hmm a massive opportunity to do so many mm -hmm. things. So for those type of people that are mm -hmm. listening to us now, so especially for the parents, because one of the things that, you know, happens in Africa, you know, that, that, that orientation is changing now, you know, because of okay. social media and things like that, you know, we're seeing the viability of sports, you know, and how mm -hmm. it can actually be that career path. Now, obviously yeah. it's not a long career, but it can be mm -hmm. a career path. And we've seen so many athletes who have fallen mm -hmm. through the cracks because their parents prevented them from playing sports. Yeah. Now you're going to hear the Tiger Woods story, you know, started playing golf before mm. he could walk, blah, blah, blah. You know, his yeah. coach trained him. You know, you're going to hear the Williams sisters, you know, their father mm. trained them when they were young, you know, and the mm. story goes on and on and on of different athletes right. like that. 
what would you say to those parents in terms of advising them on the best mm. way to help their children nurture their talents? You know, because mm. we are now seeing it as a viable option. We are now seeing it as right. something that they can do. But mm. the parent is like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. How do mm. I help them? I mean, I do, yeah. just like you mentioned, many of them never played sports. What's right, the advice right. you give them in terms of nurturing yeah. that talent? Mm-hmm. But the nurture talent, um, to nurture anything, you got to be immersed in it. You know, you got to be dedicated to it. If you're not somebody who comes from that sports background, you, like you said, with social media, mm-hmm. it's so many resources out there. You can't find somebody in your area who is, you know, looks like they're credible. They were a good athlete. Nine times out of ten, they're going to be willing to give back. You can reach out mm-hmm. to them. They can, you know, work with their child. They can train the child um, on their game and things like that. So I think, again, going outside of the household, networking as a parent and finding out who's out there who can help your son, um, I think is very, very smart. I also think educating yourself as a parent as well. Like, they have so many football camps in America. It's during the off season. it's a camp every week for high school kids. And it's like 300 kids out there. So going in and finding out what events are going on in the area, finding out, um, about the recruiting process, you know, for your child is something that's very, very um, important, too. So I think as parents, you should educate yourself um, just as your child is watching film on YouTube, watching the quarterbacks, the receivers every day. You should be learning the game, learning the business of, uh, of athletics and things like that. Uh, you mentioned the business. I was going to let you go very soon, mm-hmm. but you mentioned the business side okay. of sports, you know, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to have to drag you down that route as well. You know, I see so many athletes who, you know, they only focus on the talent. Now, yeah. I'm sure both of us, because, you know, I watched a lot of your videos, you know, mm-hmm. on Instagram, you know, and YouTube and, mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, you know, in terms of playing quarterback. There's so many mm-hmm. people who didn't play sports because they just came to realization that, you know, right. I don't have the talent for this. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think that either of us fall into that category, you know, because there are people mm-hmm. that see me today. I was at a party. Yeah. I was at a party recently, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, people you know they came to me and they saw me they're like i can't believe you're not playing sports i can't believe you're not no, playing sports. <laughs> so it was never it was never a talent yeah. problem but yeah. you know when athletes sit down to actually think about this they're only focusing mm-hmm. on talents you know so i can run fast mm-hmm. i can jump high i can throw i can kick right. football you know things like that they mm-hmm. never stop for a second to think about the business side of these things you know so mm-hmm. at a point it is a business mm-hmm. if you don't understand yeah. how it works you aren't going to go far. Talk to me about the business side of sports. Mm-hmm. So when you say business, I think it's two areas. You're talking about business as far as being an athlete and dealing with the business side as an athlete or business side as far as going into sports from the business side, like being on a scout or, or agent or things like that. Uh, the first one is what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. The second okay. one, not really, but in terms mm-hmm. of the people that are involved in that sport. So I'll give you an example now. The draft system, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to pick you. Yes, they might pick you, you know, because you look good and stuff, you know, but it has to make business sense for that organization. So right, right. if for the athlete, they're only looking at mm-hmm. it from the talent point, you know, like I'm good, mm-hmm. you know, I can jump high, you know, all those things that yeah. you do at the combines, they're going to be upset mm-hmm. that the team didn't choose them. But the mm-hmm. point is that for the team, it never mm-hmm. made business sense. So those two points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, business is definitely key. I think once you get to college, that's when you really start to see the business things because I know in high school here, the coaches, they're all teachers. So they're getting Mm -hmm. paid from teaching, but football, they're really not banking on winning games to provide for their family. You get to college, that's their full-time job. (laughs) And it's like, it it literally comes down to, okay, you're talented, but you know, if you mess up in one game or two games in a row, they're going to pull you. If you're losing, you're 0-2 now, and you're the starting quarterback, starting lineman, whatever, they're going to pull you because they have to win so they can have a job next year, so they can move up to if they want to go to Division One. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, sports is a brotherhood. But at the end of the day, you know, money talks. It comes down to money. Um, and then also when it comes down to, say, you get cut from a team. Um, that happened to me when I was in the professional indoor football league. Mm-hmm. I was doing good. I mean, it was, at, I, it was after the first game of the season I got cut, like, out of nowhere, surprise, because <laughs> the whole camp, I, and that's when I transitioned to play defensive back, and that's a position a lot of coaches, when they came to my high school, they would get me to play, they would try to get me to go defensive back mm. um, instead of quarterback, and so I was playing defensive back, it was ex-NFL players there, I beat them all out, you know what I'm saying, and then 
the next week after our, our, our game on the weekend, I get a call to come to the office and they're like, you know, bring your playbook. And once you hear bring your playbook, you know, you're going to get cut, you know, whatever sports you're in. Um, but the reason they cut me had nothing to do with talent. They told me they were bringing an offensive lineman in and they needed to make room. So that's it dealt with the talent as far as lacking talent at one position on the offensive line, but it had nothing to do with my talent. It came down to business and it goes back to winning and money because that could have been the main reason they really stayed up at night thinking like, dang, I don't know if we can do it. Or they lack confidence in winning games because of that offensive line position. So they're going to go ahead and protect themselves before the player. And that's just how it goes, you know, when you're on the, the player side of, of the business of sports versus being the one that's calling the shots. But I think it's it's a business. Um, but I still think you shouldn't have any type of like animosity towards your coaches. I really think you still you still should respect them, but you just have to understand if you are in their position and you have a family and kids, you have a house, you gotta make sure you win. And that's just that's just the reality of it. I think, you know, when you go into other avenues outside of the sport, you're gonna see that the same thing in other businesses people you know are more focused on how are they going to benefit what's going to keep them going what's going to keep their family a roof over their family's head so you just got to deal with it man it's a part of life it's reality but i definitely say don't go into any you know team you know feeling animosity towards coaches yeah i completely agree with that you know and that that, that's one of the things that i say in the sense that you know when, when that first moment occurs where the thing mm. kind of like hits you in the face, you know, just like you mentioned, you being yeah. caught from the team, you're like, oh, wow, I thought all this was all about talent. Yeah. You know, but now I have mm. to start focusing, you know, on so many things. I, I knew that we were going to enjoy this conversation mm. and I really appreciate yeah. you for your time. One of the okay. reasons why I named the podcast Athlete Maestro, you know, was mm. in the sense of mastering your craft, you know, so in mm. this case, mm. you know, it's, it's the athlete because at least from yeah. where I stand, one of the reasons or one of the most prevalent reasons why athletes don't make it is because they're not well informed. You know, so yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with their talents. It doesn't have anything mm. to do with where they come from. It doesn't have anything to do with the mm. money that they have. They're just yeah. not informed. So that's why I started mm. the podcast in terms of, okay, let me at least give some information based off of my experience, you know, and, and stuff like that to prepare them right. the best way possible for everything mm. they're going to go through in sports. You know, so that was yeah. the idea behind the athlete master. But what in your estimation mm. does it mean to be a master of your craft? You know, so someone says master mm. of your craft. What in your estimation does it mean to be a master of your craft? Yeah, it, it's somebody who is, I mean, very, very intentional. You know what I mean? Very dedicated. Somebody who has like a definite purpose. And that's with anything. But, you know, the first talk about from an athletic standpoint, um, at the age of 12, a coach had told me, you know, if you want to play quarterback for my team, you're going to have to work on your footwork and throw every single day. And I had a goal. I had a definite purpose. And I decided to be intentional about it. So every day and from the age of 12 up until, what, 23, every single day I did something to get better, whether it was going – and a lot of times it was by myself, um, going to field to work on my game, watching film on college quarterbacks and NFL quarterbacks. And doing that every single day, waking up in the morning when we're doing mm. two days in high school to go run hills at like four in the morning and then go to practice for two days. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type of focus. That's the type of effort that you have to you know, put forward towards anything to really master it. And I know you, you heard it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert. So, I mean, just by knowing that 10,000 hours, I mean, I don't even know how many days that is, but <laughs> that's a lot of time, you know, that you got to dedicate towards one goal. So I think it, it comes out of being intentional and having that definite purpose every single day. Uh, definitely a different answer and one that, one that I've mm. probably not heard. You know, but I'm putting myself mm. in the position of you know, someone listening to us now. I'm not going to say at mm. you know, I promise okay. this final question, except you say something that makes mm. me ask you another question. Okay. <laughs> you know, but right. I'm putting myself in the position of someone listening to us right now, you know, whether athlete mm. or otherwise, you know, and they've set a goal for themselves, whatever mm. goal that, that goal might be. Right. You know, so right. let's assume that that is a sports related goal, you know, mm. and they've heard all the advice that we've given, all the mm. things that we've said, you know, about being intentional, about having mm. that focus, about getting involved in other things, having experiences, mm. you know, that are not right. sports related, that kind of gives you that, you know, 100% mm. kind of thing. And they're like, mm. I just need one thing that I can do to get mm. a step closer to that goal. You know, so I've heard mm. the 10 or 20 things you guys have talked about, you know, which is right. great. I'm going to go mm. back and listen to it. 
But for this mm-hmm. moment, I need just one thing. What would you say that one thing is? Um, for one thing, I would say, and just every area of life, find a mentor. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and another thing about a mentor, you know, I always thought a mentor was somebody who looked like you, who acted like you, came from the same walk of life as you, you know, same race as you. It has nothing to do with any of that. I think finding a mentor is something that's really going to open up your eyes. And it can be on the athletic side. It can be on, you know, the workforce or the business side. You've got to constantly have somebody in your life that is just like a step above you and somebody that pushes you every day because if you surround yourself with people who are not really motivated about their own life, how do you expect to get motivation from them, you know, for, for you to move forward in life? So I think a mentor is something that's important. And I think it's something that's very underrated, um, especially when you're young, you really don't, I mean, you look at your mom and your dad, you know, but sometimes they come from a, a certain walk of life where they, don't have the experiences that you need, you know, to hear from to really reach your goals. So I think everyone wants to be better than, you know, their, their guardians in a way of, you know, to show them that they become successful. And I think one of the main ways to find that is to go outside of the house, go outside of your circle and find somebody you know, as a mentor to really show you the ropes. Yeah, really, really good one. You know, I want to thank you, Jared, for coming on, you know, for everything that you've shared, everything mm-hmm. that we've talked about, you know, for someone who comes from your position, you know, in terms of the experiences that you've had and things that have happened to you, you know, nobody will blame you, you know, for being upset, for being yeah. angry, you know, mm-hmm. and not wanting to give back in the sense that, look, mm-hmm. man, this is something that I chased. It didn't work out, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, why should I be advising people? Why should yeah. I write a book and talk about this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really, really grateful that you're sharing this. I'm really, really grateful mm-hmm. that you're giving back, you know, and if more yeah. people could be that intentional, if more people could do mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, then I feel that the world in general will be a better place because there'll be more conversations yeah. like this that mm-hmm. are happening. So definitely I'm still going to read the book when I get yeah. the chance to buy it because of all these COVID things and lockdowns, yeah. you know, that, that is currently going on. But I really, really thank mm-hmm. you for coming on today. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Definitely with some good questions, especially uh, when you hit me with, you know, why, did, why do I think I didn't make it? I've never met that stuff before. Never, like never been asked that before. So like that made me think, you know, in the midst of a podcast, you know what I'm saying? So it was beneficial you know, on both sides. Uh, fantastic. Tell us where we can find you and also give mm-hmm. us your email. One of the things that I like to do is mm-hmm. to, you know, we're going to find that athlete who is probably on the borderline, you know, and mm-hmm. conversations like this are going to be eye-openers yes. for them in the sense that, oh, wow, mm-hmm. like this is a great conversation, you know, and when they're sending me emails about a particular episode, I always like to right. include the guest in that email as well, mm-hmm. you know, so that okay. the, 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 the learning goes full circle. So tell us where we can find mm-hmm. you. I know you're on Instagram, right, you know, right, maybe right. Twitter and stuff, and then also your email. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't have no Twitter. <laughs> Maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll get that. I don't know. I've never been into it. But um, my email is J-A-J-O-H-N, as in Nancy, 490 at gmail.com. And then my Instagram is Jared Johnston, one of one. And then my website is jared-johnston.com. And for the book, I have it on Amazon. And you just have to type in, you know, from Cleese to Lopers, it'll come up. Um, ebook. I have the hard, the hardback. Well, not the hardback, the paperback, but physical copy. And then... I'm working on the Audible right now for the audio book. So that should be finished um, before next month is over. Should be finished. Yeah, definitely. That's the one I, I probably I'm going to get first, you know, and, mm-hmm. and listen to it. I'm sure by the time I listen yeah. to it, probably later on down the mm-hmm. line, you know, we can get you back, talk about more details in terms of the things, mm-hmm. you know, that I find out yeah. from that. But we're going to put all of that in the show notes, you know, Instagram handle, website, mm-hmm. and also your email. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for coming on. I said at the yeah. beginning it was going to be fun. Trust me, yeah. I had fun. Yeah, me too, me too. I appreciate it, man. Take care, you know, over there. Be safe. Thank you so much, man. All right, man. Peace. Whoa, man, I, I think I need to change that. You know, I, so I think, is it is there a better term than brother from another mother? But I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys saw it. Like, it, it was literally too good to be true, you know, in terms of some of the things that we talked about, how deep we went you know into that conversation that's why i'm here that's why i say i'm gonna help you achieve peace of mind freedom and success in sports it's through exceptional conversations like this with people who are willing to share with people who are willing to give back with people that are not embarrassed by their journey and they know that hey 
there's a ton of people behind me that I can bless. Now, Jared didn't have any reason to write this book. You know, he could be doing what he's doing now, you know, and whether he's happy or not, it's a totally different conversation. But he decided to write the book. He decided to bless you guys. And of course, he decided to ensure that you learn from his experience in transitioning to life after sports. Just like I said, I'm in the process of listening to that audiobook. You know, so probably we're going to find a way to get Jared back on the podcast. But I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. You know, so we had Jake on last week. We have Jared on. So JJ giving you those combinations here but i'm sure you guys enjoyed it as well i I thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed it you know uh, we spoke at length and it felt like it was just 10 minutes that's what happens when you are delivering value i want you to connect with jared on instagram you can tag me you know in that as well i think it's jared johnston one of one you know so uh, connect with him you can also send him a mail and of course for those of you who are in the u.s get an opportunity to get that book so at least you start preparing look this is one of the biggest things that i'm a proponent of sports is not going to last forever if you're lucky you play sports what 20 years at some point you're going to transition at some point you're going to do something different how prepared are you for that thing different that you want to do and that book of course is going to help you enormously tremendously in that regard so i want you guys to get your hands on that head over to the show notes at leadmaestro.com and of course check out all the other free resources that we have for you there if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and you haven't left us a rating and review so you don't miss great episodes like this so you give us feedback in terms of what you're learning from episodes like this then i highly encourage that you do so so subscribe episodes automatically get downloaded to your device of choice uh, your written review improves the profile of the podcast you know other people find it they say hey this is a resource that i can use uh, that is going to get me to my goals if you don't know how to do that head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe where you're going to learn how to subscribe and how to leave that rating and review and don't forget to get your hands on goal setting mastery athletemaestro.com forward slash master because don't forget to connect with me on instagram connect with jared on instagram as well i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing it's not enough you must apply willing is not enough you must do i want you to go out there i want you to put into practice everything you've learned from my brother i want you to go out there i want you to be a maestro today and every single day.